Hey guys, what you're listening to here is the audio recording of the Facebook Live uh, series that we started called SC Live uh, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We figured that we would record these on audio as well as capturing it on Facebook Live so that people could listen to it if maybe they can't be there on Tuesday nights uh, with us uh, live watching us uh, do the Bible study. We're going to be planning on doing this every week and going through the book of James little by little at a time. It will be better on video, I think, um, because of the screen that's there to help uh, facilitate the study. But you should be able to gather quite a bit of my thought process as well as um, how I'm studying a passage, what I believe about certain things, and uh, how I arrive at my points uh, from the audio as well. Uh, and this will be accompanied with a a written version of my notes uh, up on strongchurch.org. So be on the lookout for this. A uh, good way in your if you're driving in your car to work or something like that uh, to have a way to listen to uh, a study throughout the week. Hope you enjoy it. There's a little uh, audio hiccup about 12 or so minutes in, uh, but otherwise the the footage should be pretty good for you to listen to today. And with that, here's the audio. I'm uh, coming to you live from a for the first SC live coming to you live from a, a, one of the empty rooms. Uh, in our building here, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cords. <laughs> I'm counting right now, uh, with maybe more uh, to get in there. But it's all to hopefully get everything to work. I am. Uh, I'll wait for a few more here before I announce a giveaway that we're doing, which I think you'll be interested in. Uh, but I one of the cords is for this microphone. I'm going to be recording all of this, all of these uh, lessons that we do, and then uploading it. Hopefully, the next day I should be able to turn it around tonight and get it up tomorrow on strongchurch.org. So you can listen to it as a podcast. If maybe this time doesn't work for you, you can listen to it at a later time, uh, or if you just prefer audio, it'll be available that way. Of course, the the video on demand will be available on Facebook, and I'm not sure if you can embed these videos, but I will find out. Uh, and if I can, then I'll make sure that those are on the website as well. Uh, with my notes, my notes tonight are going to be on screen, so uh, so nothing particularly special there. All right, I'll announce this at the end as well, but I'll go ahead and announce that we've got a couple people in there uh, from what I can see. Uh, I'm wanting to make this the best that it possibly can be, and part of that includes having an audience to teach to. Uh, And I know that there will be people who view this uh, after the fact, but I also hope that we'll get people live because I like the the feedback. I like the interactivity. One of the things that I think is lacking in a lot of the videos that go up, and I think there are a lot of great videos going up, uh, there's not necessarily a lot of interaction, and I want to make sure that As we study these things, uh, that it's not just my point of view coming through, it's not just my opinion on things coming through, uh, but that anybody watching can get a say, so long as I look down at the comments, at least. So one of the ways I'm going to do that on every slide we have, with the exception of this one, there's hashtag SCLive. Every time you share one of these videos, and if you're watching this first one, you've got a leg up on everybody. Uh, every one of those is an entry, and for the next few weeks, we'll just we'll just do this. Every time you share, you get an entry. Hashtag it SC Live, so that way I can find it uh, and mark you down for all of your entries. Uh, but I'm going to be giving away a copy of Grasping God's Word, which is the best book on how to study the Bible that I 
have ever looked at and read and had referred to me. I mean, this, this thing is fantastic. It is very hands-on. There's, uh, there are worksheets in there after they explain to you what the process is, and it is a big part of why I study the way that I study. Uh, and I, I look today, it's 25 bucks uh, to get this in hardback. It's real nice. This is the third edition. They've uh, gone over it a few times. It is, it is great. Uh, and I want to give one of these away to somebody who is watching these videos. So if you are interested in this, or if you're not, Share the videos because it would be great. Uh, but hashtag at SC Live. I'll mark that down as an entry. And here in a few weeks, we'll do a big, we'll do a big uh, random giveaway and get that out of here. Uh, I mentioned the podcast. This will be recorded audio. That's what this little guy right here is, and it should be up tomorrow on the website uh, over at strongchurch.org, along with my notes as well, so you can read and listen uh, if you weren't able to make it tonight. Here's uh, here's the plan with all this. Planning on going about thirty minutes. And anybody who's watching that knows me uh, is, anybody who's watching that knows me uh, knows that 30 minutes, uh, <laughs> it's going to be hard, especially since I don't have a clock in here whatsoever. Any preachers know that that's a serious problem, uh, but I will do my best to keep it within that time frame uh, and about 30 minutes every Tuesday at 7 p.m. I won't go through all this housekeeping stuff every time. We'll just jump right in here in the future weeks, but I wanted to get it going. Uh, like that tonight. Uh, I hope you've got your Bibles with you. We're going to be less text-based tonight because I'm going to do what I always do uh, with a text study, uh, and that's start with an introduction. Uh, and the reason I do that is because we need to have an understanding of what my foundation is. Uh, I'm the one teaching, and there are going to be other people commenting and watching and things like that, and you may have a different point of view than me. Uh, the purpose of an introduction is to let you know where I'm coming from. There may be some verses down the line where uh, I, I present, you know, this is what I think this is dealing with or, or talking about or what this means, and you go, well, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay, well, the reason for that might be because we don't, our, our foundation's not the same, our point of view isn't the same. Uh, so as we go through tonight, that's one of the things I want us to get across is this is, uh, this colors everything uh, that I I bring out throughout James. Uh, the introduction tonight, the audience that he's writing to, uh, the purpose that I believe he's writing for, all those things color my interpretations and how I look at the text when we go through James. That may be different between us, but at least this way we can kind of get on the same page as far as this is where I'm coming from uh, in teaching. And hopefully if we have these kind of differences in, where, in what we uh, in how this is interpreted and studied, you let me know that because I'm happy to talk to you. I want this to be interactive. I want this to, to be not just me talking to a camera, which is not my thing. I want this to be me talking to people uh, and having some kind of interaction uh, and chat with them. Uh, and I see uh, somebody asked about the name of the book, Grasping God's Word. Strong Church commented, so I think I've got somebody looking out for me because it wasn't me. Uh, appreciate that, uh, Chris, if you wrote that, that comment there. All right, let's go ahead and just jump in uh, to the study. Enough talking about things that we're doing. Why the book of James? Uh, so why am I starting off with what made me choose this book? Uh, why am I going in on James here? It is, well, three reasons I'm going to lay out here. The first thing is it's, it's an easy book. And I, and I don't mean that to say that it's simple. There are a lot of things that are 
very tricky in James. There are a lot of things that uh, aren't there on the surface, and you've got to dig a little bit for, which we're going to do. We're going to do a lot of digging in this uh, whole series. But it's, an, it's, it's kind of the go-to book uh, for young ministers when they, they get off and they go to a place. Uh, and I've, I've now worked. This is the second place that I've worked. And in both of those places, one of the first classes I taught was out of James. Uh, I've probably taught it. This will be my fourth time. And I wrote a series on it a year or two ago uh, called Bible by the Book. And I just went through the book of James. I love the book. The teacher who uh, taught me at Bear Valley, where I went to school, uh, loved the book. You could tell that he loved the book, and that, uh, that joy in the study was infectious, kind of carried over to me. Uh, and I love it. And so many of the newer, younger preachers I know, this is one of their first ones, uh, because it's easy. There are a lot of things that are just simple to grasp in the book, though it does have a lot to offer us in the way of, of deep study here. Here's the second reason. It's incredibly encouraging. Not in every part of the book, uh, but in many parts of the book. The, the book opens, chapter 1, verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers. Now, it's when you meet trials of various kinds, but he goes on in verse 4, really lets that encouragement come out. Uh, it leads to steadfastness, and when that steadfastness has its, pull, uh, has its full effect, you become perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. That's encouraging, that even though you're going through this hard thing or that hard things will come upon you, there's a great end to all those things. Uh, That same kind of thing just in chapter 1, if we're going to stick there. uh, Down in verse 9, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. I mean, there's this, you may be in a low position physically, but there's an exciting spiritual thing that you have right now. It's encouragement uh, to that lowly brother. And then you have verse 12 of chapter 1, and we won't go through everything, but these are just a few examples. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. That is encouraging. And so we study James because it's simple to understand in so many of those things, and that's that's a simple thing to understand. Carry on, remain steadfast. may not be easy to implement, but it's easy to get. And it's very encouraging to realize that if I stay with this and if I stick with this, there is something great waiting for me at the very end of it. But it's also challenging. Uh, in, even in those examples I gave you, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation while well, right after that and the rich in his humiliation. Okay, there's, there's a problem with somebody else and that person needs to be challenged in their way of thinking, their way of life. Uh, They are not living the way that they ought to, and James is going to challenge them. Uh, He doesn't mince words throughout the book, and I love that. James doesn't sugarcoat things. He tells it like it is, and that's very straightforward and encouraging to those who need it and very straightforward and challenging to those that need that as well. And one of the great things about James is that whatever part of life that you're in, you can find something that encourages you to continue to move forward And you can find those things that challenge you, that stare you right in the face and say, hey, this is you. Get it together. Uh, The other part, and I didn't put this up here, but something to consider with James is that uh, he's very practically minded, um, which is something you want in all your Bible classes. And what we're going to do as we go throughout this study, and I'll mention this at the end, uh, is that we're going to have specific applications to these for you to go out and do after you've watched the study. Uh, We'll have one tonight, though it'll be uh, 
a little bit different since we're not as much in the text, uh, but we will be in the text tonight, I promise. Uh, but James provides that for us in a lot of these turns. He'll say, this is, this is what's wrong that you're doing, and here's what you should be doing instead. Here's the wrong way of thinking, and here's the right way of thinking. Go and do this. Uh, and he helps out uh, ministers who are really starting out and struggling with, what do I teach on? Because James delivers, here's the problem, here's what you should be doing, here's how to achieve that goal. And so that, uh, that application-rich kind of mindset of James really carries us uh, along very easily, uh, as opposed to some other books where it's maybe a little more difficult to say, okay, I know what's wrong and what's right, but I'm not sure how to implement it, and the writer doesn't help me out very much. James doesn't do that. He gives us great application in all of these things. So that's why the book. Here's the purpose of the book, getting into the text. Uh, and if you have a Bible with you, chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, we're going to read that in just a moment. Because James' purpose of the book, I believe, is to instruct the audience on the importance of wisdom. Now, he wants to deal with their specific problems. He wants to help them through uh, their way of thinking. He wants to help them through uh, their problems with their speech, uh, their problems with uh, how they treat each other, the favoritism that we see in chapter 2, the way they handle trials and, and temptations in chapter 1, uh, the way that they treat their fellow Christian later on in chapters 4 and 5, uh, and, and all these things throughout the book. There are specific problems, but there's one solution that would just solve everything, and that's wisdom. And that word, we'll talk about keywords uh, towards the end of this, but that word is in here five times, which doesn't sound like a lot, and it's, it's not, but sometimes keywords are, are found not because they're there a bunch of times, but because they're only in there a few times and in a concentrated spot. We have the word wisdom in chapter 1 and verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, and we'll talk about that next week. Uh, maybe. We might just get through the first four verses next week. Uh, but the other four times, four out of five times, it's in chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Here's what that says. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly and spiritual demonic. For jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Four times you've got wisdom in that little section, and in that section you have James doing what James does. Uh, he's creating a dichotomy. You have this type of wisdom that is unspiritual, it's demonic, it's, it's not from above, it's earthly, and it leads to horrible things. Uh, you have their uh, bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, uh, and it leads to disorder in every vile practice. And then he says, but on the other side, you have the wisdom that's from above. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And you have James saying, all right, guys, you're doing this. You're, you're wondering, why do we have so much chaos in our assembly? Why is it that we can't get the faith and works thing right? Why is it that we struggle so much with wealth, whether they know it or not? James calls them out on that. Why is it that we have all these problems? And James says right here in chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, because you don't have the right way of thinking. And then he follows that up with, 
if you want to have all that disorder and chaos and all these uh, fits of jealousy and selfish ambition, you want to remove those things, then you get this wisdom instead. And I think everything before chapter 3 points towards it. Everything after chapter 3 points back to it. And that James is focusing in right there in the middle of the book. This is what matters. Everything that he says, all the practical application, comes down to wisdom. Uh, Wisdom, by the way, uh, one way to define that is... All right, I just heard... (laughs) Sorry, I just saw that it cut out. Uh, I don't know where it cut out, uh, so I'll... I'll condense this. It'll all be on the audio, except for the part that I'm going to edit out here where all this stuff happened. Um, James' point in verses 13 through 18 uh, is all about wisdom, and everything before it leads to it, everything after it points back to it, uh, because it's that way of thinking, and that's one way to define wisdom, uh, seeing things the way God sees them. You can either not see things His way, which is going to give you problem in trials, in how you live your life with your faith and works, uh, how you treat other people, uh, whether they're rich or poor, which is another problem there in chapter 2, how you treat your fellow Christian uh, in the later parts of the chapter. It all comes back down to do you see things the way God sees them or do you think uh, earthly and demonic and unspiritually? And so that's what James' purpose is. That's what everything boils down to uh, within his book here. All right, next part. About the audience. Uh, So who is he directing this idea of wisdom towards? Uh, Who is he trying to get to understand uh, that they need to be wise to to get things uh, through their head better so that their actions will follow suit? Uh, Well, first of all, this audience is somebody dealing with a brand new religion. Uh, We estimate Uh, that this book was probably one of the first New Testament ones written, uh, and it was written about 44 to 47 A.D. Now, there are a couple of reasons we we believe that. Uh, First is in chapter 2, verse 2, it says, For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly. In the other parts of the New Testament, that word that's used for assembly, uh, and I probably won't do this normally, but this is a word many of you know anyway, uh, is ekklesia. Called out is all that means. And it's this idea of you would be called out to go assemble somewhere, and that was the assembly. It's a gathering of people. But that's not the word used here. The word used here uh, is the word for synagogue. And so you have, again, a word that means assembly, uh, but it's uh, very early on in... uh, It's the fact that it's used lends to the idea that, okay, we are, we're very early on in Christianity, uh, that we're not using this other word that's so prominent throughout the rest of, of the New Testament, ecclesia, the called out. Uh, at this point, it's the synagogue, the, the gathering, the assembly. Uh, and so that's one of those things that points us to, okay, this is probably, probably an earlier book. The reason why we say 44 to 47 uh, is... Uh, because we know, or we're, we're pretty sure it's before 50 to 51 AD, because James mentions nothing about what happens in Acts chapter 15. The uh, Jerusalem Council, they're uh, debating uh, on uh, the Gentiles and, and circumcision and all these things, and James doesn't touch any of that. You go look at the other New Testament books, you have uh, 
you have Paul dealing with circumcision or he's dealing with these other points of the law. In Ephesians, the whole book is based on this uh, division between the Jews and the Gentiles and how Christ just obliterates that division and puts everybody together. But James says nothing about any of that. And so that lends to the idea that it's probably well before all of those events, uh, which would put it, since we know the Jerusalem Council is about 50 to 51 AD at the latest, puts it just a little bit before that uh, in the estimation of many, when the church is predominantly Jewish, uh, because we don't really see, we don't have an account of a Gentile becoming a Christian until Acts 10 with Cornelius and his family, uh, and you have uh, you have the Ethiopian eunuch in, in chapter 8 as they're scattered and going. But the church begins in Jerusalem. It's all these Jewish people there for Pentecost, and then uh, Gentiles and others aren't added until uh, far later. So we think this is a very early book, which means Christianity is fairly new at this point. And there's a word in the text uh, that we're about to see, chapter 1, verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes, in the dispersion. Okay, what is the dispersion? What dispersed these people? Uh, what pushed them out of wherever they were from? Uh, this is probably a reference to what takes place uh, after Acts chapter 7. Stephen preaches, he's martyred for preaching the gospel, and then Acts chapter 8, you've got Saul standing there, he's approving of his death, and then Saul goes out, he's ravaging the church. Christians are now under attack, and it says in Acts chapter 8, I believe it's verse 4 specifically, the people went out and preached the word, but they are scattered. They're dispersed from Jerusalem. Everybody was there, the church starts there, everybody's hanging out, and now here they are all over the place. And so that's probably what this is referring to. You've got Christians who first of all, didn't plan on becoming Christians. They were, they were there to celebrate their Jewish feast day uh, that God had commanded them. And then all of a sudden, there's the apostles preaching, they're hearing in their own language, they convert, they stay for a lot longer than they intended, they're hanging out with all these new like-minded people, and now they're being killed for it. And so they're on the run. They're going back home, back to where it was that they came from in the first place in order to meet in Jerusalem. Uh, and so they're dispersed. That's a scary thing. Okay, Many of us, we, we've grown up in the church, or if you even if you didn't, you know Christianity is a thing because you know Christians. You know people who call themselves Christians. You see churches as you're driving down. But this is a very new thing. They, they are the pioneers of a new religion trying to figure things out. And James is trying to help them accomplish that. Uh, here's the next part. And I believe this is on here, yeah. Uh, Twelve tribes there in chapter 1, verse 1. Specifically, we're not just dealing with people in a new religion. We're not just dealing with uh, people who are going through a rough time. We're probably dealing with a Jewish setting of people. Uh, the 12 tribes thing, well, this isn't a reference to the exact 12 tribes, but it is uh, colloquially kind of a term that would be used to refer to Jewish people, which again kind of points to if we know that this is an early book, if this is early on in, in the church's life, then you have here uh, a mostly Jewish audience uh, who is in a brand new religion. Gentiles aren't really a part of the picture here. So when you read through James, don't don't question, okay, where, well, question it, but don't wonder, okay, where, where are the Gentiles in all this? How does this jive with the Gentiles' way of thinking? 
Gentiles probably aren't even in consideration with this yet because they're probably not a part of the church uh, at this point uh, that these things are being written. Uh, here's the next. Uh, there are several Jewish illustrations that are used. It's 724. I knew I was going to do this. Uh, several illustrations that are used. You have Abraham in chapter 2 along with his son Isaac. You have Rahab also in chapter 2 who is a Gentile but not somebody the Gentiles would know. But she's a very prominent part being in the line of Christ, being somebody that uh, as Joshua is leading the people into the promised land there in Jericho, uh, she's a, a prominent standout and somebody that the Jews are going to be very familiar with. Uh, you have Job mentioned in chapter 5 verse 11, uh, his patience and to be like him. Uh, James also encourages these people to be like the prophets that were persecuted before them uh, and remain patient there in chapter 5 verse 10. And then you have the book ending with uh, that great section on prayer, and it refers to Elijah, how he prayed uh, and, and the rain came there. But you have all these Jewish examples and illustrations that, uh, that only the Jews would really get. Uh, Rahab, Abraham, Elijah, those don't mean anything to the Gentiles, but they mean everything to the Jews. Uh, those are very prominent people in their history uh, and speaks very highly uh, to them. And so that's another thing making us believe that, okay, this must be for the Jews. But then there's another, that there are Jewish words that are used, a couple in particular. The first one we talked about already, chapter 2, verse 2, synagogue is used as opposed to the word for called out, uh, which the Jews would be very familiar with synagogue since that was a place that they gathered regularly. So when you think assembly, you think synagogue. That's what they grew up with. It's part of their part of their history, their background, and so it makes sense. Uh, but two, in chapter 5, verse 4, there's a term used for God. Uh, he's referred to as the Lord of hosts, which would be a very confusing term to the Gentiles. They didn't really think of their gods in this way, uh, but the Jews understand who the Lord of hosts is. We sing that song, he could have called 10,000 angels. It's this idea that Jesus has this army, that God has this army of of things in heaven. He's, he's this great battle leader with this army at the ready. Uh, when we get to chapter 5, we'll see why that term is used of him. But that's a term that the Jews would immediately understand, and it's meant to strike fear in them, uh, especially there in chapter 5. Uh, so you have Jewish illustrations, Jewish words, reference to the 12 tribes. Uh, all those things point us to not just uh, a new uh, people in a new religion, but the Jewish people who have just left Judaism, converted to Christianity, are scattered from their homes in this brand new religion and trying to figure things out. And James's goal is to help them see things the right way, to think of things the right way and see them how God sees them so that they can continue to be successful. They're scattered. They don't want the church to die out. They need to be strong. They need to be doing right. And a lot of the things they're doing just aren't going to cut it and are going to hurt the church. And so James is making it his purpose to help these people get there. All right. I've got to, uh, I've got to roll a little quicker here. I'm going to go past 730. I'm going to blame it on the issues we had with the, uh, with the camera earlier. I'll make sure we don't uh, have that in the future. Uh, it's keywords and themes. Keywords are extremely important uh, whenever you're studying through a book. There's a reason that the writers repeat words over and over again, or in the case of wisdom, as we mentioned earlier, uh, there's a reason that that cluster of word appears 
uh, multiple times in a short little section because the writer is trying to get us to really understand. They're trying to really hammer home something into our heads there. So here are some of the keywords and themes. Uh, these numbers are correct as of the last time I did this study, though I saw in, in prep for this uh, today uh, some numbers that vary just a little bit by one or two. And so I'll double check that and make sure before I post it online, uh, but I'll make sure you have the accurate numbers for this. Uh, the word brothers is used uh, 20 times, one of the most used words uh, other than you know things like and and Lord and things like that. Uh, and this is used by James to soften the blow. Brothers doesn't seem like a, a great keyword. It doesn't hold a lot of you know, theological power behind it, but it's an important word because you have James, who is their brother, not just a fellow you know, Jew, but fellow Christian. And he is trying to get them to change a lot of the things that they're doing. That's not easy. Uh, if you've ever had somebody come up to you and say, hey, you really need to get this together. That's a hard thing to do. And so James uses the term brothers, uh, brothers and sisters, in order to identify with his audience and say, hey, uh, we need to get this right, and we, we need to move past what we're doing right now uh, and do a better job. And so brothers softens uh, the blow and is one of the big keywords here. We'll note that as we go through. Uh, then you have judge, which is also the word for doubt, uh, and it speaks to the mind uh, of how these people are thinking. Uh, how, what, what the, what's going through their mind when they commit these certain actions that aren't okay. Uh, and it also, throughout James, is used to refer to how God thinks, that this is God's judgment. He has made up his mind on how he's going to carry this out. So if you don't get your act together, this is what's going to happen. And James wants them to know, this is what God settled his mind on, so you need to change your mind to fit what he's going with. You need to have this wisdom, see things the way he does, and that'll bring you, uh, bring you success. Then you have the word faith, and we'll combine with that the word works uh, as well. Chapter 2 is, is the big faith works section. Uh, and that word is just used, both of these words are used over and over and over again, back and forth. And the idea there is that they're inseparable. You can't have one without the other. Uh, well, you can, but they won't be effective. Faith without works is dead. You have works without faith. That's not going to be effective for you either. They're, they're inseparable terms and very important. And chapter 2 seeks to reconcile that for this audience who, for the most part, uh, is very good on faith and bad on works. But in some cases, they're really good on works, but their motivation, their, their faith, they're not doing it for the right reasons. Uh, and so we see a little bit of that uh, as we go throughout the book as well. Then you have the word law. Uh, this is another indication to us that we're dealing with Jewish people. It's not that the Gentiles didn't have law, but that was the thing for the Jews, the law, the law of God. And so James repeats that and says, you've got, you've got the law of liberty, the royal law, the perfect law, uh, and is trying to get them to understand these little things that you're doing aren't just little things. It's a transgression of the law. And for the Jewish audience to hear that, even though they're Christians now, to hear that, hey, if you do that, you're transgressing the law, uh, it's going to uh, it's going to be really rough uh, for them. Uh, and, and God's they're not, they're not going to like the outcome of what God does. I've got a question here. Uh, do you have PDF of your notes for us to use during the study? Uh, I'm going to put them up after the fact for sure, but now that you've mentioned that, I can definitely get them available before uh, the next study and have them for you while we go along. So I'll make sure to make a note of that and do that. 
Uh, last, uh, last two keywords here, perfect or mature, uh, different English words, but it's the same, uh, it's the same Greek word. It's used in different ways. Uh, it's even translated in verse four as full. It's full effect that you may be perfect and complete. Uh, it's in there twice. Uh, that word's very cool. And, uh, we're going to talk about it at length next week, uh, in verses one through four. So I won't belabor it too much here, but it's great. Uh, and, Man, it's one of those things at surface level you don't really, you don't really get it. Uh, but once we start digging into it, you're gonna love that word uh, for mature and perfect there. And then wisdom, which we already talked about uh, several times. There are five times, four times in that section of chapter three where I said at the beginning, I believe James is trying to focus us in that we need to have God's wisdom and not the wisdom of the world, and it'll fix all of these problems that they're encountering throughout the book couple more things uh, you've got on slide here. And if you can't see this, don't worry. I'll have all this stuff up on the website tomorrow. Uh, every chapter, this, this is a theme, every chapter can, contains something about speech. Uh, chapter three is the one that talks about taming the tongue uh, and working on how you present things and why you need to be careful, how, how powerful your words are in leading the rest of you. But there is something about how you speak in every single chapter of the book uh, I put on there chapter 1, verse 5, verse 6, 19, 26, chapter 2, verse 3, 12, 14, 16, chapter 3, verse 2, 5, 6, 8, 10, chapter 4, verse 3, 11, and 13, chapter 5, verse 9, 12, and 16, and there's more than that. Those are all the ones that I have marked down at the moment, uh, and there's more. I know that there's more. Uh, so one of the things I want to encourage you to do between now and next Tuesday when we meet is find some more of those listings of where speech is used. You know, when you say this, or this is how you should talk, or the tongue, whatever, whatever, those are all things included. But every chapter has this theme of covering how it is that we talk to others uh, and talk to God and, and just how we talk in general. The second theme that's very prominent throughout the book, uh, and I've got it marked down, chapter one, two, four, and five. It's in all those places. I don't think it's in chapter three very much, uh, if at all, uh, but it's in the rest of the book, and that's wealth. Uh, one of the things that this audience struggles with is, is wealth. They favor those that have a lot of money. They are actively working to gain a lot of money, which isn't a problem in and of itself, but they're doing it to the neglect of God and to the neglect of their fellow Christian. They're taking advantage of their fellow Christians in order to get ahead physically uh, and financially. And so that's, that's one of the things they struggle with greatly throughout the book and is one of those themes that James makes sure to really hit on uh, throughout the course of this. All right, um, here's what the goal of our study is. And not everybody is a fan of introductions, and I get that. Uh, I feel they're important and necessary for you to understand, again, the, the point of view that I'm coming from, my perspective as I study through this book. Uh, but next week, it's all text. I mean, we're jumping right in. Uh, definitely the, ver uh, the first four verses, and that may be all we cover in 30 minutes because there's a lot there. But here's what I want us to get out of these studies uh, week to week. I want us to learn about the book of James, but also about the Bible study process. Uh, one of the things a few years ago we started was Bible by the Book, and we haven't written those things in a while. But we had four different people writing on uh, a different book of the Bible. Uh, and every month, every other week, they would upload another section and just walk towards 
that section, that book, uh, little by little, chapter by chapter, section by section, to help people understand it better. One of the things I wanted that to accomplish was to help us understand how to how to study better, because there are a lot of people that I, I don't think know how to study the Bible uh, the best they can to really get everything out of it. Uh, but it didn't really come across in the written form. Uh, I think a lot of people learned about those books we wrote on, but I'm not sure people learned about the process very well. It's, it was really difficult to bring across in those things. So hopefully as we go through, and I'll mention this in a few places, as we study along, uh, you'll, you'll learn with me about how the studying process, or at least how my study process works, uh, and where I find uh, some of the things that I'm going to pull out, uh, how I got to those realizations, how I found those things. It's all a part of the the uh, study process, and I want us to grow in that, not just in our knowledge of the book of James. Uh, two, the goal of our study is to develop study habits outside of traditional gathering times. Uh, so many just study the Bible Sundays and Wednesdays, and that's it. Uh, I want to change that. I, I hope that you are uh, enjoying this. I hope that you're prepped for, you know what, I do want to study more. I want to learn more outside of those times. I hope that at some point you say, you know what, it's Tuesday night at 7. I'm going to get the family together. We're going to go through this James study uh, with Jack and uh, you know, point out where I'm wrong or whatever that it is. Uh, but I hope that this is something that you start making part of your routine to, routine to say, we're going to study together and learn more about God as much as we can any day of the week, uh, because we have that great opportunity to do so. And here's the last one, uh, to challenge us to action. Uh, the one, the action for tonight is going to be predictable. Uh, as we go through this, all of our actions are going to be related to the text that we study, uh, because I am a big believer that we aren't supposed to study, take in information, and then just keep it, uh, but that this stuff is written here, so that we would learn and grow and carry those things out into the world. And so I want us uh, to, to focus in on, as we come to the ends of these uh, studies every week, to have that specific thing for us to do, that when this live stream ends, you can say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go do that. Uh, I'm going to go work on that thing uh, to try to be more like who God wants me to be. All right, that's the study. Before we close it up, uh, I want to remind you again, the giveaway, uh, this is a, uh, it's not a cheap book, and it's easily one of the best books that I have ever read on the Bible study process. Uh, a lot of the reasons why I study the way I do now is because of this thing, and I want to give this away to somebody, uh, new copy, brand new, hasn't been used. Uh, I want to give that away to somebody the way that you enter in, and we'll do this for the next few weeks, uh, is share this video with the hashtag that's been at the bottom of the slides. Hashtag SC Live. That way I can find you. I can know that you're not, you know, at your home, but know that you shared these things uh, so that I can keep a record of, okay, they've, you know, they shared the first one, they shared the other one. If you're watching this on replay, you can still share it. I'm going to enter it in. Uh, I want to give this book away. I want to give it to somebody who's going to use it to study. And if you're joining a guy in an empty room on Tuesday night to, to learn some Bible stuff, you're somebody I want to give this book to uh, because you're somebody who's, who's willing to put up with, uh, put up with me uh, to study this. So uh, I want to I encourage you to do that so I can give this book away. Share the video, hashtag SCLive, and I'll enter you in a drawing. And we'll do this for the next few weeks, and then we'll give this book away. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties earlier. Uh, there's going to be a few kinks to work out. 
my plan is to run this Tuesday nights, uh, unless I'm sick or out of town or something, every week until we get through James. And I'm only doing three verses next week is the plan, so it may be all year. Uh, and I'm, I'm great to do that. If you're great to listen to it and, and participate, I'm more than happy to study this. I love this book. I love teaching, and I love people who want to learn. Uh, and I thank you for, for all of you who joined me live, who are listening to it after the fact, who are listening to it on audio on the website, or who are just reading it off of strongchurch.org. Appreciate all of you uh, and your, your studious hearts. I look forward to continuing to do this with you guys in the future. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate you, and I'll, I'll see you next week, Tuesday at 7 Central Standard Time.